It's the Podcaster News Show, where the editors of podcasternews.com share their insights on a wide range of podcasting topics. Welcome to Podcaster News Show episode number 30. This is the podcast where we go over some of the podcast news items from the last few weeks that were just not quite enough on their own to cover on the podcasternews.com website. My name is Sean Thorpe, and I am joined by... I am Jen Thorpe. And our first item today, Jen, is related to the Podcast Awards. Why don't you talk about that? Okay, so the Podcast Awards, as you may know, um, are pretty big. They're going into their 11th year, and there has been a whole slew of changes that have happened to it this year in order to get it to go. Uh, in short, one of those changes is um, if your podcast is nominated, uh, in previous years it was different, but this year what you need to do if your podcast was nominated and you want to take part in the podcast awards is you need to register and you need to pay a $10 registration fee in order to get on the slate that people will then vote on later on. Okay. Right. So there's this huge list of all the podcasts that have registered and paid the $10 registration fee who are now eligible to be placed on the slate of like a whole bunch of different topics that people can vote on. Um, so if you are someone out there, if you're a podcaster listening to the sound of my voice right now and you've been telling your listeners to nominate your show for the podcast awards, you probably should go check and make sure that you paid that registration because otherwise you're not going to be on the slate. Yeah, and it is a very long list, so we're certainly not going to go Yeah, I'm not going to read everything. There's just yeah. no way. But, you know, a few caught my attention. There's there's a show called Tribbles in Ecstasy. I thought that was a okay, nice title. Okay, that's you know, a good that one. That one was pretty interesting. Um, that might be the only one. There's, there's an angry chicken in here. I think okay. I know what that one is. Um, I think it's a gaming podcast. I may be wrong, but it's just, you know, all, all kinds of stuff in here, a variety of things. And, you know, it's listed in alphabetical order, so it makes it a little bit easier to sort through if you're looking for a particular show or if you're looking for your show. But basically, this is the list. If you're not on it, you're not going to be placed on the slate that people will be voting on for the podcast awards this year. Okay, so let's move on to our next item. And this is an article that was written by Alban Brook on Medium, and it is called How to Design Podcast Cover Art That Will Attract New Listeners. So the title is pretty descriptive of what's in the article, and I looked over it just to kind of see if the advice is good, and I believe it is. And I think it's really important that the first point on this list is number one make sure it works in itunes and then uh you know the article kind of breaks down the technical requirements for an image to work in itunes right because you don't want to have this like amazing image that you've crafted for however long it took you and have it be the wrong size or something and not work at all in itunes very well you yeah know, if, if you're if you're spending time or money on the image for your podcast you want to make sure it works in iTunes. Yeah. And that's so important because if your artwork does not actually match the iTunes spec, then iTunes, if you're trying to submit a show, they'll just flat out reject it. And if you've got a show that's already in the directory and your artwork does not meet the spec, eventually your artwork will just disappear. Your show won't disappear. 
Uh, I've not seen any cases yet where a show has been delisted due to uh, improper iTunes, you know, artwork. But if the uh, file format's incorrect, then your artwork will just disappear and you won't have any in the iTunes store. So, And you might not even know because, like, how often yeah. do you go check what your show looks like in iTunes if you've, you know... You check when you first get into iTunes and you go, oh, look, it's there. I'm in iTunes. And then, you know, you kind of ignore it, right? Yeah. So you, I don't think they're going to necessarily inform you. Oh, no. You know, it no, just kind of gets taken out. So, you know, be careful with that kind of thing for yeah. sure. And, uh, you know, there's some other good tips in here and uh, we won't run down all of them, but there's one in here that I really thought was funny. And uh, number seven on the list, avoid microphones, headsets, and other overused images. Mm -hmm. And they've got some examples here, one of them uh, being Leo Laporte's Twit Network, which has like five microphones. In yeah, it. it says this week in tech, Twit, Leo Laporte, and friends. And there are one, two, three, four, five microphones aimed yeah. at an image in the background, a symbol of some kind I can't quite make out. But um, it's, it's probably his symbol. It's probably the Twit symbol or something. But um, I'm not super familiar I know the name. Yeah. I've heard of it. I, I, I'm not super familiar. But yeah, it's got five microphones. And I think the reason they're saying this is because, you know, everybody's podcast involves microphones. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think like if your podcast was like a review of microphones, that yes. might work. You know, yes. if you're someone reviewing it for musicians to say this works better with this, that works better with that, or uh, if you were reviewing it to see, you know, what works good for podcasters under different circumstances or something, then it would make sense because your podcast would actually be about microphones. But if it's not specifically about microphones or mostly microphones, then it's a little weird to just kind of be like, you know, here's a bunch of microphones. It would be like having, you know, having your book cover be a book, you know, <laughs> or something exactly, like that. Yeah. Or, you know, a keyboard where you type your, your book or something. I mean, everyone's book kind of originated the same way. gets sure. produced kind of through the same means and the, th the same tech. So it's kind of weird, you know, that that was kind of strange. Um, you know, that so many people choose that a microphone, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> we aren't. Um, the other thing in here that I wanted to take a second and talk about was, um, there's a section in here that says your subject of the podcast. And that mm -hmm. makes sense because that would be the opposite of what I was just saying with the microphones, right? Right. And it was saying, oh, if you've got a hobby, you know, you want to go ahead and make sure that your podcast looks something like the hobby. And they he picked out, who is the writer? Who's the writer, male or female? I should probably check on that. Albin Albin Brook. Okay, so Brooke. he picked out like, you know, Star Wars. There's podcasts about Star Wars. Sure. And you should use a, an image that looks like Star Wars. But the thing I'm concerned with with this is doesn't Disney own like some of those movies and stuff? They own the whole. They own the whole thing, now. right? So you don't want to mess with Disney's proprietary artwork. You know, they can easily come after you and make it. You know, make you take that down or, or worse. So you don't want to just like grab images. You know, right? <laughs> like you, you have to find something that's um, you know released under Creative Commons. And now well, that Star Wars is Disney, it's not going to be. You know, yeah. you could have someone create original art. Yes. You know, that would be okay. That's a step farther away. But um, with Star Wars, specifically with it being so entwined with Disney now, you got to be careful. Yeah. I think the important thing anytime you're working around a known brand is it's okay to make something that might be derivative looking of something, but you don't want to use and act like you, if you're doing a Star Wars podcast, you don't want to say pull you know, an image uh, from the actual film and use that as your art or 
right. you know, like an actual movie poster or something like that. If you make something that's derivative of it, generally speaking, that's not a huge deal. And then, you know, there's all kind of varying legal considerations to take on after that. There is, you know, and they're also talking about a little bit in here, um, you know, I, I, it looks as though they went into a little bit about sports kind of vaguely in here, but I know yeah. for a fact that, well, okay, I believe is true. Maybe I haven't researched this enough. I'm of the impression that people who have done podcasts specifically about a certain um, major league team, they specific one, their whole show is about that team, and they've used logos and things like that from that team that they've gotten into trouble. Yeah, this is what I mean by trying to do something that's kind of derivative of the source. So an, an example of this would be if I wanted to do a podcast about the Chicago Cubs and I decided to just call it the Chicago Cubs podcast, well, at some point the Cubs are going to come after me because that looks too official. Right. But if Especially I... Especially if you use their logo as well. Well, yeah. and that's that's the other side of it. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, those are things to consider as well when you're coming up with your artwork. Right, right. But there's some really good things in here. Like, um, you know, if your podcast is about you, the suggestion is to use a photo of yourself. And yeah. that never would have occurred to me. And I did a podcast that was mostly yeah. about me for a while. Um, and then it kind of became a music show. And then I don't know what happened to it. But um, yeah, that's an interesting idea is to put your image in there. Yeah. You know, that, that might be a way to get attention. So th it's a good blog. And we'll put all of the things we're talking about into the show notes. So you can check them out for yourself later. Our next item is also on Medium, and this is an article by uh, Ron Levy. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. And I think at this point, Ron Levy may be the single most cited writer of all of our podcast or news shows. I think this is the second or third time we've I think so, linked yeah. to one of his articles. He's very insightful, and he writes well. And this one is called The Importance of Editing to Your Podcast, which, much like the cover art article, kind of is uh, somewhat self-explanatory, but there is some good stuff in here. And it's not so much a tutorial or how-to article. It's just sort of giving you some tips to follow as to why you may want to spend some time editing your podcast. And this is one of those things that, comes up every now and then in the different podcast communities that I am involved in online. And there's, you know, sort of two varying mindsets. And the first one is don't edit at all. You know, you want everything to be as raw as possible, just live to drive and, and put it out. And then the other side is no, everything should be, you know, uh, perfectly edited and precise and all this kind of stuff. And I think that there are is a middle ground for the vast majority of shows. So like we are recording this very much in the live to drive fashion, but before it goes out, I will do a pass on it. And if there's any, you know, passages in there that are just uh, really long pauses or places where uh, we had to stop because somebody had to cough or sneeze, because that, that happens that around here a lot. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> even though my voice is kind of, I don't know what's up with me today. I sound I sound like I've been uh, on the other side of a, a pack of camels or something today. But anyway, the, um, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know about that. Yeah. But um, you know, so we do it that way, and and I think most shows do kind of fall in that category. But I do think if you are just letting the the drive roll when you uh, press record and not looking at it at all, 
that may not always be the best approach unless you're actually, you know, capturing like a live event or something like that. When you can't, yeah. But um, I would say while you're recording, keep your eye on your recording software because so many things could happen that could cause some sort of glitch or something weird with your microphone, or if you're going through Skype to have something happen strange, or maybe you forgot to hit record and didn't realize, you know, these kinds of things, watch and make sure you're actually getting the waveforms. You know, maybe your mic isn't hooked up and you thought it was. I mean, you, you really need to pay attention to that as well. But um, going back to what you're saying with this, uh, what we do is just kind of like, you know, record it and go kind of thing. Um, but, you know, you do the editing of it. And before we start, we sit down and plan out what do we want to talk about and make sure that it is very specific to the topic of oh, news sure, about yeah. podcasts and podcasting. And this helps prevent us from going off on tangents like we've done in some <laughs> of our other shows um, in the past and well, probably will continue usually, to in the future. You know? At least they're usually, you know, podcast-related tangents. So. Well, yeah. You know, I mean, the tangents here do sort of stay on topic. They're not completely off like, you know, they can be. And I think that's the difference. Like, you know, you know your audience. Like here, yeah. I'm assuming that people listening to this want to know more about, you know, stuff that's going on in podcasting. Right. And with some of our other shows, it's more like personal and almost like friends are listening kind of thing, you know, so you can kind of get away with more. But I would not recommend anyone sit down, turn on the recording software and babble into a microphone for however long and then just send it to iTunes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you really need to take a well, look at it. I yeah, I, I understand everything that you're saying, but I also think it's okay if you want to do a very kind of, you know, sort of personal journal slash audio bloggy type thing where it's not super produced. You just want to record some audio and put it out there if you're doing a, a very kind of rough uh journal thing or whatever, that's fine. I'm I I'm I like at some level, I kind of like that stuff, and I kind of miss that it's not as prevalent in podcasting as it once was. But I think if you're doing anything with any kind of a focus, then you should do at least some some minimal editing. So right now, I'm not saying you shouldn't do a you know personal journal kind of podcasting because mm -hmm. I've I've done them. Um, we kind of do one you know together. This isn't it, but um, <laughs> mm -mm. you know I think that part of what makes it sort of work for us, I mean, we're not like super famous, you know, podcaster names or anything, but certainly not. Um, certainly not. But what makes it at least an entertaining and listenable show is we have been podcasting since 2005. So we have a lot of experience behind us. So when you've got someone that's been podcasting for this long, then there's a big difference between, you know, what they're going to be able to do behind the microphone and what someone who's so new to podcasting that they, they're scared of the mic can do. And I've, I've yeah. been there. I've been that person as well. And I think we all have. But, um, you know, it's I would not recommend someone brand new to podcasting just sit down and record and toss it out there without a thought to it or without looking at it in editing because there will be mistakes. There will be gaps of speech where, you know, there's there's no speech. It's just an empty space. Or redundancies, things like that. And then there's going to be people saying, um, every four seconds. Yeah. Which, if you think that's fine, rock on. If it bothers you when you listen back and hear how many times you say it. And that's what I think is part of what they're talking about in here is, you know, editing. Editing is important. Yeah. All right, Jen, what's next on the list? Okay, so the next one is 
uh, from, let's see, Power Press Podcast looks like the name of this. And that is the uh, ideas to power your podcast from the Blueberry team. And they've got this informative article called Five Things Podcasters Need to Know About Taxes. And I'm going to assume this is United States based uh, taxes, you know, specifically. And it has to do with um, figuring out how to get your tax return done correctly incorporating your podcast there's a number of things to think about i'm going to leave you to read them specifically (laughs) because i'm not going to give advice on this level you know but um one of the things is you know and as a freelancer even if you're just doing like writing or something you need to determine okay this thing i'm doing here is this my job or is this my hobby is this a business i'm doing or is this something i do for fun and when you make that determination that sort of informs your choices from that point on in terms of how to file your taxes. Yeah. And there are some pretty good tips here. And uh, for the sake of disclosure, I will note that I do work in a very part-time capacity with the Blueberry support team. I had no no hand in writing this, believe me. I'm one of the last people you want to go to for financial advice of pretty much any kind. But uh, there are some good tips in here. The uh, business first hobby thing is important. And one of the things I thought was interesting that it mentions in here is you would kind of think by default that filing as a hobby would be easier on your finances than a business, but actually apparently that may not be the case because the IRS tends to be a little more, they tend to examine a little more uh, when someone you know puts down that their income stream is, is a hobby and not a business because the, the rules are a bit more stricter mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, start as soon as you have expenses. And that's an interesting thing because most people, while they may have grand aspirations when, you know, they buy their first microphone, they're probably not thinking at this point, oh, well, this is going to be, you know, something that I need to worry about for my taxes. But uh, the article does recommend start as you know, start thinking about that as soon as you have expenses. So the the first time that you buy a microphone or pay for a web host or a media host or piece of software, whatever it can be. And it also notes in here um, that if your if your podcasting endeavor is a business, businesses can take a loss on certain things. It can write off certain right. things. Hobbies, hobbies cannot. cannot. So you can't say this is my hobby and then write off that brand new microphone you you got yeah. uh, for your hobby. It doesn't work that way as well. And I think one of the other good things on here, it says record everything. And they don't mean like with your audio software and your (laughs) microphone. Um, They mean specifically like if you go to a podcasting conference because you're speaking at a panel or because you're gathering uh, interviews with the speakers on the panel for your show, or you're doing, you know, networking or these kinds of business related things for your business that is podcasting, you want to record all of your expenses there. You want to know, you know, where did you eat? How much did you spend? How much was the room? You know, all of these things. What did, you know, what were your everything, all of those things, because then you've got a whole total, um, you know, you've got little copies of everything you've spent on the way and you don't have to rely on memory. And if you're doing a business kind of thing, this is the kind of thing that business would have to do, but a hobby wouldn't. Right. Yes. And, uh, you know, as the article says at the bottom, you know, this is good advice, but nobody's perfect. So if you have questions, please consult a, uh, you know, finance professional. And uh, the... Article does have a link to an income slash expense 
uh, spreadsheet that might be useful to people. I haven't looked at it yet, but I'm going to download it. So. Yeah. So, I mean, this is kind of general information sort of thing. It's not specific yeah. to your, you know, your business exactly. Oh, no. It's, oh, no. it's kind of just generalizations. But these are good concepts to have in mind if you're going to officially call your podcast a business. All right, so our last item for this time around, the article is called Podcasting Up, comma, Pandora Listening Down, and this was published by Radio Inc. They did not give a specific author credit. And they are quoting a, uh, a Jacobs Media uh, 12th Annual Tech Survey, which discovered uh, earlier this year they found that close to 3 in 10, so about 28% of their uh, survey respondents have listened to a podcast or an on-demand uh, audio stream in the past month, which is up from last year's level of 21%. And Jacob's Media notes that Pandora listening is down. Of course, that's uh, Pandora, the streaming music service, which is now serving a couple of a couple of podcasts. podcasts, yeah. They just well, they had you know, Serial was on there, and uh, I think anywhere Serial goes gets a lot of attention. But they recently added This American Life, yeah. And but uh, this this survey was done before they added This American Life, I think. Yeah, it was, and it was done. It would have been done actually right after uh, the most recent uh, season of Serial showed up on uh, Pandora, so. I'd be curious to know what the cross-section of people is who actually heard a podcast for the first time through Pandora that were on this survey and sort of fall into both uh, categories. There's got to be at least a few. Maybe, yeah. But uh, the uh, the article says that there was uh, Pandora listening uh, was down uh, with 3 in 10, 28% checking out uh, Pandora on a weekly basis, a slight drop from last year, while fewer than one-fifth, 18%, use iHeartRadio through the course of a typical week, and audio streaming is steady, according to the survey, with about 6 in 10, 57%, streaming audio weekly or more often uh, flat from last year. So it's just some more interesting statistics to kind of point out if for some reason somebody says, hey, uh, nobody listens to podcasts, you can be the informed one and go, oh no, uh, the Jacobs uh, Tech Survey from earlier this year shows that uh, podcasting is actually up. Yes, so. and you can hand them all these lovely statistics, too. Indeed. Mm-hmm. All right, Jen, anything else you want to add for this episode? I think that about covers it this time around. Okay, well, thank you so much for listening. You can find us at podcasternews.com, and you can uh, leave us a comment on this or any previous episode if you'd like. And there is a contact page there with email addresses and stuff if you want to send an email. We don't really have a catch-all email address, so... But if you go over there, if, if there's something you want to uh, share with us, you can do it that way. You can also follow me on Twitter at Shano, S-H-A-W-N-O, and Jen. I'm at Queen of Haiku because I tend to write little haiku of whatever's on my mind at the time. Uh, my account is a private account, uh, so you'll have to send like a uh, follow request. And if I can figure out who you are and that you listen to the show, then I'll obviously allow it. All right. Well, thank you again so much for listening. And uh, one last note, we are now officially planning in our lives to do this show on the first and third weeks of the month, and with any luck, we'll stick to that, and we'll be with you again in two weeks. Bye, people.